0: I need to confess that I've never been very good at math, and in all honesty, most math really scares me. I find having faith and trust in God to be much easier and more fulfilling than trying to calculate how to divide five barley loaves and two fish between 5,000 hungry people. As a high school student, we were taught something called the Order of Operations. Does anybody remember that, Order of Operations? I see a few hands here. And we were were taught a phrase that I remember to this day. It was, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Now I think the younger generation might have a different phrase than that. Um, but I understood this phrase, you know, telling us how the P, the E, the M, the D, the A, the S stand for the way you're supposed to do things. You know, first got to do the parentheses, then the exponents, then multiplication before division, and then addition before subtraction. But i just got to tell you, that didn't help me in math, and it really didn't help me in the rest of my life. However, my learning and living and understanding God's order of operation is making a huge difference in my connecting with God at a deeper level, as well as my giving God's love and extravagant welcome away to all of God's children. Not unlike Jesus' healing miracles, his feeding of the ginormous crowd in this morning's gospel lesson that Jerry read, shows Jesus' compassion for human beings and for their needs. Jesus cared for the people in their ordinary hunger and demonstrated extravagant loving hospitality. Each of the four gospel writers recorded the life of Jesus in a different way, Picking and choosing from all the stories that they knew about the Lord, what he said, and what Jesus did. Each of them came up with a different combination of miracles and teachings that Jesus offered. But one thing that all of the four Gospel writers included is the story that Jerry wrote and little different versions of it that they all included the miracle of feeding the multitudes. It was too important of a story to leave out, too important in the life of Jesus, and too important in the life of Jesus' disciples, those disciples back then, and us as Jesus' disciples today. It is a story about Jesus' ability to provide for his disciples and his followers' needs. not only their spiritual needs but their human needs as well when they were sick jesus healed them when they were sad jesus blessed them when they were hungry jesus fed them god's order of operations is for each of us to turn to jesus in our times of need in our time of need for healing in our time of need for a blessing in our time of need for being fed and that's one thing i love about this congregation you bring up your prayers during the worship service a lot of congregations people keep them inside when they're just afraid to bring them up but you guys you're a community of faith you're a family you bring them up and you lift them up in front of god and everybody Please keep that up. That's just such a beauty of this church. At the beginning of this morning's gospel lesson, we heard about how two of Jesus' disciples, Philip and Andrew, seemed to lack faith and trust in God. In the scripture we heard, Jesus first asked his disciple Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? Now, if you remember, the scripture also said Jesus already had a plan, so that's probably a good thing. And interestingly enough, Philip answers Jesus directly from his head, not from his heart. With seemingly no work involved, when he replies, Six months of wages would not buy enough bread for, them, for each of them to even get a little. I don't know about you but i didn't see how philip's answer aided jesus in any positive manner towards him achieving the feeding of the large crowd <coughs> does philip seem to do any more than simply run some rudimentary numbers and calculations through his head doesn't his answer seem to demonstrate the impossible nature of them having enough money to buy enough bread to feed the 5,000 people. Granted, sometimes in life, it's helpful to know what doesn't work, to steer us toward the correct answer, but in this case, that's not the situation. It seems as though Philip is not putting his whole heart and soul into helping Jesus figure this out rather he seems to be demonstrating skepticism in his attitude of scarcity and not seeing possibilities at all where is philip's faith and belief in jesus this man whom he left his family and career to follow the holy man that he's been watching heal the sick help the poor and who has driven demons out of people It seems like he's forgotten about Jesus' teachings, about the power and possibility when God is allowed to help. Do you ever forget about the power and possibilities when God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is involved in your decisions and actions? I know that I sometimes do. It's not about the order of operations in math, or the proven formulas in science, or even our best human reasoning that we need to use to conclude what is possible in life. It's our faith and our trust in Jesus. A little further down in the scripture that Jerry read, another of Jesus' disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to Jesus, it was five barley loaves and two fish but what are those among so many people you know I like what Andrew started to say but then he draws back and he sounds pretty skeptical those disgusting disciples they were operating out of a sense of scarcity but Jesus our Jesus he was operating out of a different set of assumptions If the disciples operated out of a sense of scarcity, then what Jesus operated out of was a sense of plenty. Jesus looked at the same things that the disciples looked at, but where they saw not enough, Jesus, he saw plenty. Plenty of time, plenty of food, and plenty of possibilities with the resources at hand. Not that Jesus knew exactly how things were going to go, because if we remember, Jesus was human as well as divine. But what Jesus knew beyond a shadow of a doubt was that wherever there is plenty of God, there is plenty of everything else. Remember, when our spirit is nourished, the soil of our heart is more open to actively participating in a world where miracles and God-possibilities abound. If, while listening to this morning's scripture lesson, you found yourself thinking, this sounds impossible, doesn't it? Know that the answer is yes, it does seem impossible. Except, it is possible with the help of God. This story really goes a long way. It has a lot that we can learn from it. One of the most central, most relevant lessons that we can get from today's gospel lesson is that sometimes God uses really, really small, simple things to accomplish something really important. I love how Jesus moves past moves past what Philip and Andrew have to offer he says to the disciples I can't imagine a calm air make them sit down and then the Bible tells us this beautiful vision that I get it says Jesus took the loaves I imagine one at a time and he lifts them up to God and he gives thanks in the way that Jesus does when we break bread at home when we have communion with one another we are told that jesus or his disciples say to the people only eat a little bit because there's not enough to go around no we're not told that and i don't believe that that really happened jesus demonstrated to his disciples that we are in the compassion business and inviting and feeding the multitudes is a great way to show care and compassion come on disciples jesus probably thought have faith and trust that when there is plenty of god there's plenty of everything else have faith that god will provide in conclusion i'd like to share a short story with you about a visit i had this past week with an extremely dear friend who is very faith-filled. I was telling my friend Bob, who is 93 years young, that I was preaching on the loaves and fishes from John's Gospel today. I shared that I was looking for a fresh angle to preach about this text, to really help those listening get a home-run, over-the-wall sense of just how possible things are when God is in the midst and in the miracles. I told Bob my approach was going to be lifting up Jesus' sincere belief that when there is plenty of God, there is plenty of everything else. I then asked Bob, what do you think the real miracle is in the Loaves and Fishes story? And without a pause, and with a big smile on his face, Bob simply said, It's Jesus. Jesus is the miracle. May we each have faith and trust in God, believing in miracles and the miracle maker.